With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Friday, September 27th. So much action going on around the globe right now, in particular in Asia, where we've got two ATP events, two WTA events, so much fun tennis to look forward to this weekend. What I want to do for you guys today, and it will just be me steering the ship again, and we apologize for that. It's a little bit tough, again, with the 12-hour time difference between the East Coast and there, at least 12 hours, I should say. Most of the play is starting as we're getting up, you know, most of the, or as we're going to sleep, most of the play is ending as we're all going to work. So we've had to finagle the schedule a little bit. With that in mind, it will just be me once again giving you guys a little bit of an update on what to watch as you uh, get ready to watch some Tennis Channel this weekend, even though you may not get to see the tennis live. I know all these events will be on Tennis Channel throughout the day. You'll be able to see replays. I think we're going to take this weekend off mini break wise and re boot next week as well but on Sunday's episode we'll have a full recap of the fun semi-final finals actions but with that in mind I hope some of you listeners watched Sports Center back in the day. I'm thinking we were going to do a what to watch for. That's a real deep cut for the Sports Center fans. Again, I'm a nerd. But with that in mind, let's set for the, the scene for you guys this weekend. And the place I want to start, we started ATP yesterday. Let's start WTA today. Let's go to Wuhan, China for the Dongfeng Motor Wuhan Open, where we have a thrilling final set for us. Number nine seed, Arnia Sabalenka win seven, a 7-5, seven, 6-4 winner over number one seed and world number one, Ashley Barty. Now, for Ashley Barty, there's a little bit of talk. She's nursing an injury throughout this match, throughout these weeks as well. She wanted to be a little bit careful with it, so she mentioned she was happy to get to the semifinals, and that's no disrespect uh, to Sabalenka. Um, but I don't think we saw Ashley Barty's absolute best today. That being said, for Sabalenka, what a huge result she has had this weekend. We mentioned it yesterday. She, We mentioned it. I mentioned it yesterday. Uh, she was last year's uh, Wuhan champion, so she had a ton of points to defend. Uh, she had dropped outside of the top 20 coming into the week in the live rankings. By making the finals here, she gets back to number 19 in the world, which Given the up and down year she's had, that that's pretty solid. That will do the job for her. And you know, you look um, for Sabalin because she hasn't dropped a. Uh, she's dropped one set all week. She has been so good that six one second set she dropped yesterday to Rybakina in this one seven five six four. I mean. When Sabalenka is clicking, it is really something to see. And you can tell she's playing so confident on these courts. She seems to really thrive in these conditions. The ball just, I mean, she's being the aggressor. And it's its confident tennis. And you just always love to see confident tennis. And speaking of confident, we are going to be treated to quite the final. Because she's going to match up now with Allie Risk, who was a 7-5-7-5 winner herself over number 5 seed Petra Kvitova. I mean, you look at the year Allie Risk has had, really, really solid. Obviously, 30-20 and 20 coming into the week. She had the title earlier this season, but 
You look in the live rankings now with this final, she's going to get up to a career high number 24. And again, she is number 20 right now in the race, the WTA year end final. She has been a top 20 player in terms of points accumulated on the season. And given the many results we've seen, the success she had at Wimbledon, knocking off risk or knocking off Barty, excuse me, winning a title in the run up to Wimbledon, obviously now this final here. She's the real deal. She's having the best season of her career, and she deserves it. I mean, she's playing at such a high level, so confident. The way she, again, I like to say, bludgeons balls down the line, change directions. She's comfortable coming in. I mean, it's just so, so fun to see. And I think we're going to be treated to a really high-level final. You look at Sabalenka and Risk career head-to-head. They've only played twice before. Uh, they played earlier this year in Shenzhen, actually, where Ali Risk, def- uh, I believe, lost to Sabalenka in this Shenzhen final, 4 6 7 6 6 Their other matchup coming in 2018 on clay in the Rome Masters. Ali Risk a, uh, was a, a 6 or I should say, sorry. All right, let me rest, rest off one more time. Give me a rewind sound effect, please. Let's try this again. Sabalenka, as I mentioned, 2-0 and all-time against Risk coming in. They had two career matchups in the 2019 Shenzhen final. Sabalenka, a 4-6-7-6-6-3 winner in the Rome Masters semifinal last season. Sabalenka, 6-3-1-6-6-3, a winner. So, you know, what that tells me, it's going to be a freaking close match. I mean, these men, they've played, three, they've played twice now. They've both gone three sets. Given the level we've seen from them in this tournament, there's no reason to expect anything less in this one. And I'm really looking forward to it. I'll put that at the top of my list of things to check when I wake up. You know, I'll go to the phone, and right away it'll be, ooh, who won this match? Is it still going? Am I going to be able to catch a little bit of the end of it? And for you listeners who are looking forward to some morning tennis, this could be the match for you. Moving on to our other WTA event, and again, on the WTA side, we have both of our finals set for the weekend. You look now, we are in Tashkent, Uzbekistan for the Tashkent Open, where we have number three seed Ali Venutvinik taking on number eight seed uh, Kirstea. Kirstea, an 0-3 winner over Zvatska. Van Utvenik, 6-3-7-5 over Karolina, uh, sorry, not Karolina, Kristina Pliskova. Um, you look at the matchup for these two, Van Utvenik and Kirstia have played twice before, uh, never, not, or not since 2017. Both of the times, Kirstia, a winner, she won 6-3-7-5 in the 2017 round of 32 in Linz. And then in the 2014 New Haven quarterfinals, Kirstia, a 6-3-6-2 winner. But obviously, a lot has changed for both of these players since then. You look at Van Utvenik now, the higher-ranked player coming into this event. She's the number three seed here, has played a really, really solid event not dropping a set along the way. I mean, that 3-5 and five win over Pliskova, extremely impressive. You look at Kirstea, though. I mean, she's been pretty good as well. Obviously, she wins straight sets her first match, three sets against Bonaventure uh, to reach the quarterfinals, three sets against Kovinic to reach the semifinals as well. So you have to wonder how her legs are feeling. Probably give Van Utvenik the slight favorite in this one. But again, really good tennis and uh, for both of these players to have the years they've been having. Uh, very impressive. So we look forward to watching that and monitoring, you know, those events. And we'll, of course, have recaps for you ready on Sunday for Monday mini break podcast. But with that in mind, let's switch gears. Let's go to the or the ATP side where, again, we've got two events at the 250 level this week. Let's start in Chengdu with the Chengdu Open where our semifinal field is set on the top of the draw. The young Canadian, Denis Shapovalov, hot off a Labor Cup appearance, hot off of a really rejuvenated home stretch of 
of this season. And in fact, even before we get to di- today's result, oh, I'll throw in today's result. Shapovalov, a 6-4-3-6-6-3 winner over Gerasimov. Uh, you look at what Denis Shapovalov has done really the past, we'll say, three events. You know, he goes to Winston-Salem, makes the semifinals where he knocks out Sandgren, Kesmenovich, Rublev in straight sets. He had to play her catch that night uh, in the semifinals, a doubleheader after beating Rublev and lost that match 3-4, and four, but still really good result for him. Then he goes to the U.S. Open, beats F.A. in straight sets first round, his com- uh, contemporary, his, you know, a guy he grew up with in Canada, so big mental win. Beats Henry Laxon in straight sets, pushes, pushes Gael Monfils to the brink before ultimately losing in five sets. And then obviously the Labor Cup, he lost his matches to team and in doubles, but you know, I thought a very good showing from him there. Well, you look at his overall record now at this point of the year. He's 22 and one coming into this event. Given the fact that uh, he, you know, had what three of his wins, he goes three and one at Winston Salem, so five and two over at the U.S. Open and at Winston Salem. He was 17 and 19 coming into the home stretch, and now he can add one, two, three more wins to his resume. I mean, at, at least by the way, because that's you know you add to this now, so 25 and 21, but really solid eight and two, eight and maybe three at, at the home stretch at worst. I mean, that's we're finally seeing Denis Shapovalov regaining his confidence. Clearly, this partnership with Yuzny bearing fruit. You see him swinging through the court again confidently. He drops a second set, but he's able to come back strong in that third set. And now he's going to have another really good chance to make a final win in a match against Pablo Carreno Busta, who is a 7-5-6-2 winner over Christian Guerin. Look, Pablo Carreno Busta, about as good of a counterpuncher as you can be without having a weapon, right? He's not going to flash any amazing skills on you. He's not going to hit huge balls that make you uncomfortable, but he's going to make a ton of extra balls, and it's can Shepovalov be disciplined, be patient enough to wait for the right shot, to you know be confident that even if he goes through some, some poor streaks that it's going to bounce back. Yeah, you look for Paolo Carreno Busta, his career winning percentage uh, on hard courts compared to Clay's. Actually, it's pretty even. Wow, that's, that's pretty shocking. I apologize for doubting you. Pablo Carreno Busta, the guy is 81 and 72 for 529 win percentage on clay, 78 and 69 with a 531 win percentage on hard court. So pretty even. Um, but yeah, most of his success this year on the hard court, he's a guy who's also been uh, playing well of late, did well in Cincinnati. Uh, so it, it, it should be a good uh, top half of the draw. And you look at their career head to heads, by the way. Just one last quick note on this match. For uh, Dennis Shapovalov and Karina Busa, they're one and one all time. Shapovalov won earlier this year in Rome, six three seven six. Karina Busta, seven six seven six seven six winner in the round of sixteen in the twenty seventeen U.S. Open. If you guys remember when Dennis made that run to the fourth round, that was uh, you know I can't believe that was two years ago. That's crazy uh, to see now, but so should be a good match. I'm excited for that one. You look on the bottom half, maybe the result of the day: Sasha Bublik five seven seven six seven six over. Grigor Dimitrov, crazy stat from this one. Bublik in this match, 35 aces against 15 double faults. He goes 64 of 78 on first serve points, 18 of 46 on second serve points. Uh, gets three breaks versus Dimitrov's two and ultimately wins, you know, a couple of breakers and wins that second set breaker 11-9 and ultimately that does the job. If you haven't watched Sasha Bublik, prepare to be frustrated. You're going to get angry. It's Tennis-wise, tennis, tennis, tennis-wise. I'm not conflating personalities. It's curious-esque in that there's a lot of big serves, a lot of slaps, a lot of drop shots, a lot of variety, but 
It's mm-hmm. compelling. It's intriguing stuff. And you look for him now. He came into this 10-10 and 10 on the year on the ATP Tour. But you look at Sasha Bublik right now in the live rankings with this result. He jumps up to a career high number 62. You look for him in the, ra- in the year-end finals race. He's number 50. And he has been a top 50 player all year long in my approximation. That sounds about right to me because... This guy's dangerous. He made the final in Newport a couple, uh, what was that at the beginning, post-Wimbledon, and obviously that's an event on grass, but you see now just how dangerous his first serve can be, how many free points it allows him to win. This guy is really freaking good, and he's going to match up now with uh, the South uh, South American, I was going to say, sorry, South African, uh, Lloyd Harris, who was a 6-7-6-3-6-4 winner over Sosa. Lloyd Harris, another guy, sneaky good this season. You look at where he's at right now in the live rankings. Lloyd Harris sitting at number uh, 106, so really hovering around that top 100 bubble. You look at him in the race, the year in standings, number 106 as well. So, you know, he is a guy on the precipice of the top 100. He's only 22 and a half years old. So, yes, you do you think of him with the other young guys who are 22? I think that's Opelka, that's Fritz, that's, um, you know, that group of 20 what is Dimenauer 20 I think I don't know if you look at that age group the 23 and unders uh, let's do that real quick I'll look at the ATP race give it a little click so here's the current race right now of 23 and under Tsitsipas 1 at number 6 overall then Zverev 11 FAA 316 Chorich 22 Dimenauer 27 Fritz Rublev Shapovalov Hercatch Opelka Tiafo Bublik yeah, those would be the big names. And then you get into the Rudd, Kesmenovich, Umbert, Kwan, Mute, Yimmer, Paparin, uh, sorry, Munar, Tommy Paul, Davidovich, Fakina, Lloyd Harrison. So Lloyd Harrison right now number 23 in the race to London on and all people aged under 23. That's about right. He's in the mix of he's going to be, I think, a top 100 presence. He's got a lot of uh, weapons, but he hasn't had a big breakthrough. So maybe he, you know, he gets his first ATP semifinal here, builds off of this down the home stretch. A dangerous player and definitely one to watch. Uh, and again, on the head-to-head, this will be Bublik and Harris's first ATP matchup ever. But they did play in a qualifying in Moscow in 2017, where Bublik was a three and four winner. So that'll be a fun match to watch. The last ATP match or ATP tournament I want to touch on. Let's go uh, to Zuhai for our last event. Uh, obviously, here we've had some upsets throughout the week. Tsitsipas going down early. Uh, so Andy Murray losing Andy Murray, not an upset at this point. But let's set the scene for you listeners going into the weekend because there is some fun tennis left to be played. Adrian Manorino is going to take on Albert, Albert Ramos Vinolas on the top of the draw. Manorino, 6-1-6-4 winner over Zoom Her. Ramos Vinolas, 7 7564 over Gael Monfils. On the bottom half of the draw, Alex Dimenauer, who, again, sneaky ending of the year since Wimbledon, what he won Atlanta. He now makes this run here. The guy has been so good, 23 and 15 on the year with two titles. He knocks off Borna Chorich, 6 2 4 6 6 4. Now for Chorich, he made the final last week. No, he didn't make the semifinals here and lost to one of his next gen contemporaries, someone a little younger than him. But I thought physically for Chorich, again, another step forward on his comeback from injury. But for Dimenauer, I don't know how you hit a winner on that guy. I mean, so quick, so relentless, doesn't quit on a single ball. If you give him a chance to attack, he will. He kills you to death by a thousand paper cuts, right? It's just so relentless, and uh, I don't know how this guy's not going to be in the top 20 for the next 10 years. If he can stay healthy, you know, he's six foot, six one. you know, he's built. He's in really good shape. You can't move like him if you're not in good shape, but you worry about him nicked with injuries throughout the years. But if this guy stays healthy, uh, I think months— 
what September onwards, maybe even mid-August onwards, he's just going to be so physically fit, so relentless, that he is going to be so difficult to beat. So I think year-end pushes, if he can you know, keep the front half fresh, not overextend himself, the back half of the year will always be where the best Alex Dimenauer comes out. He's got a chance for a really good win now against Roberto Bautista Agut, who has a 2-2 two and two winner over Andreas Seppi. Dimenauer and Bautista Agut have never played before, but for Bautista Agut, obviously a career year for him. 35-16 and 16 has a title to his name in terms of the ATP Live rankings. RBA sitting at a career high number 10. You look at him right now in the race to London, probably in a pole position. Ah, I don't know. He's number 7, but you look at the guys above him and behind him. Tsitsipas and team, not exactly on an upward trajectory, although they have a significant point lead over him, so they're probably safe. But then Berrettini, uh, Nishikori, who's injured and probably out for the rest of the year, Montfis, Zverev, Gofen, Fognini, Schwartzman, they're all in the range, man. And given that RBA right now has a, you know, a, not a substantial, he's up 210 points over 8th place Berrettini. I think he's going to sneak in, man. And if he gets a title here, he probably goes that much. He becomes that much closer to solidifying a spot. So it's going to be a fun year-end race to watch. Last tournament I'm going to talk about, I promise. And you know when there's an American challenger, I'm going to do at least two minutes on it to end. Uh, let's talk a little Tiburon, where my guy, Mike C. Tennis, of course, on the call. And if you missed any of Mike C. Tennis's calls, go check him out, livestream.com backslash ATP or the USTA Pro Circuit stream. Uh, if you want to hear more of Mike, check out our Tennis Channel Podcast Network. Brethren, the Cation cast, him and Noah Rubin, I believe, had Jackson Withrow, the successful ATP doubles player, on to talk a little doubles finances, the life of a doubles player, just all of the many things the Cation cast always get into that are so wonderful. So go give that a listen. But as I mentioned, in Tiburon, we have our quarterfinal set. Number one seed, Tommy Paul, who uh, we talked about this on our Players to Watch, has seems to decide not to go to Asia at this point. He's going to play out the challengers, just get the chance to really solidify himself in the top 100. Another quarterfinal for him, 7-6-6-1. Uh, he's going uh, to play Gonzalo Escobar, who knocked off Mikhail Torpegaard 4-6. and six. Emilio Gomez in a very up-and-down 7-6-2-6-6-2 win over Ernesto Escobedo. Uh, even though Gomez lost that second set 6-2, it really felt like he was in control the entire match. I mean, Emilio Gomez now, I think he's 28-29. This guy has always been fast, but the mental, the mental and physical seem to have finally matched up, and he has been playing some phenomenal tennis of late. He's going to match up with Sekou Bangora, who won 6 6 winner over Darian King. That's going to be just such an athletic match. Really, really looking forward to the ball making in that one. We have an all-Virginia matchup on the bottom half. Go Hoos. Brandon Nakashima. So stoic, so solid, so relentless, so impressive this week. Knocking off Martin Redlicky three and three, Michael Mo five seven six three six four, and now former Georgia Tech All American Chris Eubank seven six seven five. I mean, if he wins this challenger and then another one, maybe he doesn't go back. But for Brandon Nakashima, he is in prime position to be my player to watch going into the college season. My pick for preseason pick for NCAA men's singles champion because the guy just. I don't know how you beat him. He's sneaky quick, uh, sneaky powerful, 
you're not if you're if you're hurting him mentally, you're not going to know it. If you know if he's uncomfortable, you're not going to know it. The guy is just so talented, but he's going to play a former NCAA men's champion and former UVA All American national champion, Ty Kwiatkowski, who was a four six seven six six four winner over Marcus Giron. Kwiatkowski five two and two breaks down in that second set before coming back to win it seven six and then taking the third six four. I mean. I, it felt like to me that he made a choice that I'm just not going to slice backhands anymore. I'm just going to hit through everything. And in case you forgot, I mean, Ty is as athletic as they come, the quick twitch fibers. I mean, the, the, guy, the ball explodes off his racket when he's swinging through it. The serve, if you've seen, it can touch 140s. Uh, I mean, the forehand, he can go so big with that. So many weapons at his disposal. So, again, more and more for Ty because he's so talented. It's just about how does he want to utilize those weapons in today. I mean, such a complete match from, or to, to turn it around the way he did. That's such an impressive performance from Ty. And then on the bottom half, Max Cressy. God, if they're if you're naming three people and the challenge on in this event, maybe I wouldn't want to play. I think or anyone, Cressy's probably at the top of the list. Just serve volley, serve volley, return volley, slice in, serve volley into the net. He just makes you uncomfortable, and it seems to be working. A five-seven-six-two-six-three win for him over Roberto Quiroz. He'll now match up against Tanasi Kakanakis, who was a seven-five-six win, six-one winner himself over Kakao. Look, if if Kakanakis is healthy, he's a top one hundred player for sure. I mean, we've seen it. Whenever he can be healthy, he's displayed a top one hundred level. Um, but it's going to be a fun match. Probably good for Kakanakis. A lot of a lot of quick points, right? Five shots. It's serve, return, serve. He's in the net. Do I get a second pass or no? Oh, okay, point over. Uh, so you have to think that's a that'll be a fun matchup for sure. But with that in mind, if you've missed any of the action from this week, you fell behind on the Asian swing. The time difference has gotten to your head, or you just want to hear back and maybe you missed Labor Cup. Maybe you're itching for the college season. Be sure to check out our website, CrackedRackets.com. On the podcast note, obviously we've had the mini break going on this week, but on the GSP front, our Labor Cup award show still sitting there, and then on the Cracked Interviews front, too many good interviews recently to keep track of. If you like uh, tennis media, you want to hear our conversations with Prims Repat, with Blair Henley, with Nick McCarville. You like college tennis, well, we had last year's 2019 NCAA Women's Singles Champion Estela Perez-Somariba on the podcast. We also had UCLA Men's Doubles Champion Keegan Smith on the pod. I think that will be... Out later today as well. Uh, you, both of those players returners this year. Somariba, um, a I want to say senior at Miami. That's correct. Keegan Smith, a junior at UCLA. So be on the lookout for that. And then, of course, if you like professionals, Bethany Maddox stands, Steve Johnson, Mitchell Kruger. Uh, I mean, I was going to say Jensen Brooksby, but I'm not going to say that yet because we don't know his decision. But by the way, college season underway. We'll be listening for that. And if we get any immediate updates, you'll want to be following that on our Twitter account, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all at Cracked Rackets. As always, got to give a shout out to my guys, Max Fligner and Daniel Westhoff, who have a f*** of an editing job to do, as always. And as I like to tell them, please don't leave me. You're worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. But with that in mind, for our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westhoff, and from our entire teams at both the Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin, and you know what we say. That's the break. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. We will see you on Monday.